I get it. We're all busy, which is why I'm sending out short, simple, but powerful tips via text to help you elevate your speaking business. Text me the word speaker to 704-228-9495 to get on this free list. That's the word speaker to 704-228-9495. Are you a meeting planner or hosting your own event and you're looking for incredible women speakers? We've got you covered. Head to micdropworkshop.com slash roster to find your next keynote speaker from our roster of vetted inspirational women. That's micdropworkshop.com slash roster. Hey everyone, welcome back to Business on the Bright Side. Today I have a special friend on the podcast, Britt Morin, creator of Brit & Co. You've probably heard of it before. Brit & Co. was one of like the first ever blogs to post about Headbands of Hope, and now they have just exploded. I was a part of uh, their self-made program as a coach, and so I really got the chance to know Brit more of her story. But you'll see that, like most not entrepreneurs, it was not linear. But one of the things that she's really good at is just finding ways to be creative. So Without further ado, please welcome Britt Morin. What's up, everybody? It is Jess Ekstrom, and welcome to Business on the Bright Side, the podcast where you can learn how to make a living and make a difference at the same time. Life is short, and so is my attention span, so let's get started. When I was just getting started with Headbands of Hope, it was like, I mean, year one or year two, someone texted me and was like, oh my gosh, Headbands of Hope is in the Brit & Co. gift guide. And I about lost it. So uh, I'm so excited to have our speaker today, Britt Morin, founder of Brit & Co. So I'm going to bring her up here. Hello. Hey, how are you? Long time no talk. It's so fun. Thanks for having me. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like we were on a roll. Um, talking with self-made and uh haven't caught up in a bit i have been so jealous of your snow pictures where have you been oh well i'm not there anymore but i was in montana um, you were doing van life for a bit right we did van life i know i felt like you i was doing van life we we van lifed it to montana from california and spent four weeks there um so two of which i was not working over the holidays and then two of which i was trying to work remotely which I need your tips on still because <laughs> we literally just did a session. Jake and I did a session for Airstream on Friday called um, staying connected. And it was like how to work remote on the road. And um, literally like my husband's talking about all the things he does. Cause like, I just tell him, I'm like, look, I need, I need Wi-Fi by like this time. He's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to figure it out. And so when I'm on this panel with him, just like standing there and he's like, well, first we like turn on the booster and then, you know, we do this and do that. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, I had no idea. He did so many things to make sure that we had Wi-Fi. Yeah. Well, and then throw in the fact that I have a four and six-year-old and and no child care. And that made it working remotely very exciting. So oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, well, welcome. Thanks for yep. being here. Um, so Britt and I worked together recently on Self-Made, which uh, I've caught up with Anne is like, in full swing, which is so yes. awesome. Yes. Um, but tell us just a little bit about one of my favorite parts of self-made was actually like the first session where you 
um, kind of showed how you got started. And I remember you showing the screenshot of like the um, chalkboard logo <laughs> that you guys had. And um, like, what was like, what was the beginning? What was the seed that was planted in you? And then what was version one to today? For Britain Co. or yeah. self-made? Okay. For Co. Yeah. yeah. For Britain Co. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Texas. I fell in love with creativity as a little girl. I was like obsessed with everything creative. I wanted to be an inventor. Like I didn't know what entrepreneur was or how to spell it, more importantly. Um <laughs> you and I both. Yeah. I was like, what is that word? Yeah. Um, so I thought I wanted to be an inventor, but then I found the internet as a teenager as part of like the the children of the like nineties and was like, whoa. And I learned to code. I took computer science. And so ultimately oh, yeah. That's awesome. I came out to Silicon Valley when I was 20 started working at this place called Apple, um, which at the time was like, really it, yeah. Hard. yeah, it was, I was working in iTunes when it was just music. It was still hard to sell iPods to people. There was no phone. There was no movies, like none of games apps. And, um, I was just like, Whoa, this is crazy. And then I went to Google for a few years and I realized at Google that how to searches, how to blank were like always the biggest searches at Google or YouTube, which I also mm-hmm. worked on at Google. And it was skewed female, like women wanted to learn shit. And like the search results behind these things were like really terrible. As a creative person who always wanted to learn shit, I was Googling that stuff too. And I was oh, like, yeah, for sure. what's this? And so yeah, I just Googled how to make meatballs. Like I can't, yeah, yeah. yeah it's gotten so much better, but back in the day, like it was not good. And so I was like, well, I want to learn how to do shit. And so, so do all these women that I know, like, why don't I help teach them? Like. No one's really done that since Martha Stewart, you know, back right. in the day. And and so Britain Co. was born. And the chalkboard logo was like so embarrassing, but it is like it's significant because it was like part of creativity, right? It was like this right. handmade touch to a website, you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, you I know, that's be- how it started. I used to be embarrassed as to like what our version one was. And I have to dig up the original Headbands of Hope website. It was like Chevron background. There was like blades of grass growing up at the top. Like butterflies or something. Oh my gosh, totally. It was (laughs) awful. If Um, you're not embarrassed by your first website, then you aren't doing entrepreneurship right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And now I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, what, that's where we started. You know, totally. we just launched a new self-made website this like a few days ago. Cause I was so embarrassed by the old one. We put I it together. And, the old one was really good. No, it's yeah. terrible. I was really embarrassed by it. We put it together in two weeks on Squarespace and I was just like, oh, we need to change this. And so now it's like, you can see it. Try selfmade.com. You can see the the change of the website. Tell us us a little bit more about, about self-made and how that got started out of everything that Britain Co is already doing with online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting for the last 10 years, Britain Co has become, you know, pretty well-known brand by women in their twenties and thirties, early forties, teaching them how to do all kinds of things, but a lot of it, how to be more creative in many ways, how to find your passion. Mm-hmm. And so many women in our, our community have like found their path. Like one girl was like, I actually on the side love making flowers out of paper, like paper yeah. flowers, but that can never be my job. Right. And I was like, no, it could totally be your job. And so 
naturally in the content and a lot of the classes we offer, we started offering some business courses and these women would like quit their jobs in accounting and go like start a paper flower business and like love their life. Right. And when the pandemic happened and Black Lives Matters movement happened and women and women of color were disproportionately impacted financially, I was just like, screw this. I'm going to make it my mission to help women learn how to make their own money. And Mm -hmm. it's not that hard to become an entrepreneur. I can teach them in 10 weeks. They can start accruing money or they can grow the business they already have. Like I'm going to bring in my girl gang of like my mentors, all the top women in business that I know. And we're all going to like teach each other how to make more money. Yeah. Self-made was born. And I thought it was going to be this one-time thing that Jess, you so kindly participated in as a coach. And, but then it was like, I was bawling on like the 10th week saying goodbye. You and I both. Yeah. The progress that they've made, the companies that I want, that they launched, like, and so we did it again in the fall and it was incredible. We like doubled the audience. And now I'm like, we're just going to do this. This is like a thing now. And like, we're going to keep doing this over and over again. And I think it really jives well with Britain Co because Britain Co is like (laughs) all about how to find your passion and Mm self-made and like how to turn that passion into money and and own it, you know, with the girl. For me, like being a coach, it really, um, it re-energized myself and my own business by bringing it back to the roots and the basics. Cause I feel like sometimes when you, um, have been running a business for so long or you're at a certain point, uh, you can drift away from like, oh yeah, businesses are created to scratch an itch or to solve a problem or, you know, to, to meet the needs of someone else. And I think that I had drifted a little bit because I'd been in it for so long and doing and being a part of self-made and hearing all of these amazing women's business ideas. I, I don't know. I just felt, I, I felt a whole new energy for, for my business after that. But um, let's talk about like, what does it mean to be self-made and what could someone who is like, I would love to have control of my own life. I would love to have the freedom to make money where I can, but like, I don't even know what to do or where to begin. What, what would you say to that person? Uh, I think being self-made is living life on your own terms. And that means that you're financially living life on your own terms and that you can craft your day based on how you want to spend your time. And that, I know that seems like a pipe dream for so many of us. But it's so real. And and that's why I think this past year with the pandemic has accelerated the idea because women largely have had to quit their jobs to take care yeah. of their kids, to homeschool their kids, to whatever. Like So in December, 140,000 jobs were lost by women. 16,000 were gained by men. All of the jobs oh my in December were women, women's jobs. Um, so that's what I think self-made is. Yeah. And um, to be honest... You know, I think that for me, it's this idea that you don't have to know what your perfect business idea is to even join this program. We mm-hmm. help you find it. And I really, truly believe that every one of us knows in our heart one or two things we're passionate about that could mm-hmm. also be a good business. And you might not know that connection point yet. And so we do this thing that we're going to do again in mid-February called the Big Idea Boot Camp for free for three days. I work with you to help you figure out what the thing that you love doing is that could also make money. <laughs> and 
that's the that's the key part of it, right? Because if you yeah. don't know what you're going to start a business about, how do you start a business, right? Yeah. So with that though, like I I've heard people, I don't particularly have this mindset, but they feel like monetizing a hobby or a passion will ruin it. Like, oh, I don't ever want to charge people for these, you know, bowls that I make or these aprons because then that would take away the fun of me doing it. Like, is that something that we should be concerned about when trying to monetize some of our passions? Or like, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, that's why I think we start with like, when we go through this boot camp. the whole idea is like, we brainstorm a lot of ideas because maybe you love to paint and that is sacred to you. Maybe painting is not the thing that's going to make your, be your business. Right. There's probably a bunch of other things. And so we talk through a passion by passion, which one of these also could create a great business. And I mean, at the end of the day, I know so many designers and artists and, you know, even me, like I get to like, my passion is like helping women Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's, it's hard. The business part of it, I sort of discombobulate from the, like helping the mission, right? Like, right. There are days where it's really hard, you know, I have to do P&Ls and accounting mm-hmm. stuff and not like that's annoying. Yeah, it doesn't discount my love of what I'm doing. The first question we ask people, maybe we can do this in the comments right now, like which gives you the most energy, like eating well, B, sleeping well, or C, drinking more water. So in the comments, if you think, which one of these do you think is giving you the most energy? Eating well, A sleeping well, B, drinking more water, C, hmm. I can soup them. But yeah. I mean, the answer is none of those. It's a trick question because what actually energizes you is like working on the thing that you're passionate about because yeah. the reality is like, you're going to stay up till midnight some days because you're just like obsessed with this idea and I got to get the website out. And it's like so exciting and fun. And like, that doesn't feel like a job to you. Totally. Guess what? You're going to find the energy somewhere because you're just so excited about it. And of course you need to sleep well and eat well and drink water. But like, I hate when people are in jobs where they're drained every day and like Mm -hmm. come home exhausted. They hated their day. They can't wait till Friday, like till they get to the weekend. Like that doesn't have to be your life. I just want more women to see that that, what I'm saying is truth (laughs) and that change their lives. I mean, you make time for the things that you care about. You yeah. make, you know, excuses for the things that you don't. I feel like um, when I'm not finding the time for something, it usually means that I don't really care about it that right. much. Okay. Or if I'm trying to work on this, like, like I was trying to work on this book last year. I was like, oh, I'm going to write another proposal. Now I actually have one that I'm excited about. But every time I would go to write it, I'd be like, well, let me just check Facebook real quick. Let me, let me just see if like anyone has emailed me or whatever. And like, why do I keep opening up other tabs when I should be excited about writing this book? Right. And it kind of started to feel like, okay, well, maybe this just is an indicator that my energy level isn't here. It's not the thing for me. Have you ever thought about starting a podcast to build your brand and get speaking reps? But then you realize, actually, wait, that sounds like a lot of work. For Amplify, we use EarFluence, a full service audio and video podcast production company. While anyone can and should start a podcast, I recommend you stay in your zone of genius and leave the podcast production to the experts. 
You can schedule a free consult today by visiting earfluence.com slash amplify. That's earfluence.com slash amplify. One of the most common questions I get is how to speak with confidence, whether you're giving a TED talk, leading a meeting at work, or even just speaking up at your kid's PTA meeting. So you're in luck. I created a short ebook with all of my favorite speaking hacks, and it is absolutely free. Go to micdropworkshop.com slash ebook. That's micdropworkshop.com slash ebook. If someone is like, okay, I want to just test this, but I don't have a lot of like capital to like buy a bunch of inventory or do something like what's the low hanging fruit, you know, starting business? How can someone try it without going all in? Yeah. Oh, this is my favorite part that we, we use a lot of in the class. We teach a bunch about this, like how to actually get user feedback on your ideas. And Mm -hmm. actually one of the, one of the cooler things about having Britain Co. and Self-Made together is that we have this embedded audience of women that can give feedback on ideas very quickly. And actually one of the sort of features of self-made we're thinking about blowing out, and I haven't even told you this yet, is that is like a concept store that we can send to the Britain Co. audience of like almost tender-like, like yes or no, is this a business idea or not? Would you buy this or not? Like, and just get rapid feedback. You don't even have to have a real product behind it. It's it's sort of like Kickstarter, right? Where like you would put up a landing page and see if people are interested. And if they are, then you can make the product real and you have upfront payments maybe that they've given you. So you have money to go invest in it. So that's one one way. That's amazing. It. Yeah. I love and that idea. I think the other thing is like, you know, I'm a, I'm a venture capitalist in my third yeah. job. I have three jobs. Um, and it's insane, but I told you what you're passionate about, you have energy for. So. Absolutely. So I am a venture capital investor, mainly in technology startups, really early stage people that have not even launched yet or have just launched and ask for money. And, you know, fundraising is a really big, important part of becoming an entrepreneur. And we teach you how to do that in self-made, whether it's venture capital grants, loans, friends and family investments, bartering through equity, you know, all of these things are ways to get off the ground without having to put in your own dollars. And I think that's one of the biggest blockers, especially for women who tend right. to be a little bit more risk averse. Well, and talking about biggest blockers, I feel like self-made has probably been such an interesting case study as well to like, what is the thing that's holding someone back from doing this? You know, have you found that it's like, this is the most common roadblock, whether that's mental or like resources. And then this is how we combat that. Oh, 50%, if not more of the battle is mindset. Yeah. (laughs) So like for some reason, and I'm obviously female and I'm not, I'm generalizing. I'm not saying 100% of women do this, but women self-sabotage themselves way more than men do. We think of all the reasons why we probably shouldn't do this thing. We aren't good enough. We aren't smart enough. We don't have enough money. We're not going to make it perfect enough. It's not the right idea. Maybe it's the right idea, but you're not sure. Will people buy it? Like just all of like that's your thought process before you've even tried. Like Mm -hmm. it's crazy. And I see, especially in the venture capital world that I'm in, like men come pitch me a thing that's never launched. (laughs) They swear it's a billion dollar company. 
they're going to crush it. Like they are just hitting this ball out to outer space and I better get along for the ride. And they talk to me as if it's done already. As if they've already won. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy to me. So like we like attack mindset and self as you know, Jack. Is that the the mindset that we should take as women coming in? Like you as a venture capitalist, like should someone come in with the utmost certainty that it's like, this is a slam dunk and you're missing out or should they come from a place of more open curiosity of like, you know, you know what I mean? Like what is the mindset that we should have? You know, I think if there's a pendulum, let's say like the the male mentality I just explained is a 10 and the female mentality explained is a one, I think it should be at like a seven. So mm-hmm. I don't think you should be like so sure of yourself, especially if you haven't launched yet. But I think you right. need to be confident enough to state like, this is my business plan. You can triple check my numbers. I made the model based on like these data inputs and like we are going to own 10% of this category and I'm not going to stop till we get there, you know? And like, yeah, yeah. Just like, whoa, okay. Like, because at the, at the end of the day, like as an investor, I'm investing in people and a great idea at, when mm-hmm. nothing has launched yet. Like those are the only two inputs I have. And so like, I need to know that you will bulldoze that wall in front of you and not stop until you figure it out, you know? Yeah. And, and I can't have somebody that's sitting there like, well, like we might, if we're lucky and like all these 10 things go right, be at this much revenue and right. Here, you <laughs> if know? the stars are aligned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. what you don't want to hear. Yeah. Is there, is there a time when you should give up on an idea? You know, like is, have you, uh, you know, there's so much language now, I think around like, Oh, like just push through, you know, you got it, like keep going. But at the same time, you know, sometimes I think knowing that you can give up isn't a indicator of like weakness. It's a reminder of choice, you know, if, if like something just isn't, if the tire isn't hitting the road or like, when do you look in the mirror and say like, should I pivot or, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I gave Britain Co. six months. (laughs) Yeah to work or not. I like saved mm-hmm. up enough money to bootstrap it for six months. And I told myself like, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to go back to my job at Google or like get a different job. I know I can find something. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. And, but I would also say, I would caveat myself now 10 years later and say, um, the first thing to question is the business model or the way that you're going about fulfilling this mission you have, right? Because like at Britain Co., my whole strategy initially was an app-based strategy. It was like, we we're going to create a collection of apps mm-hmm. um, that each have their own sort of like commerce function. Some would be service-based, some would be products you could buy in different categories, blah, blah, blah. And we created the content site just to have like a marketing funnel to drive people to the apps. And then what happened was we started making these apps and no one was downloading them. They were just like wanting more content. And so there was a point in time where I had to be like, whoa, I mean, I've never run a media business before, nor have I ever done like advertising as a business model, but that's what my user is telling me she wants. So I guess I'm doing this. And so I like shut down the app, like, and then moved to become a digital media company and and that's, you know, what started the foray into like the Britain Co as we know it. And so instead of giving up, 
because mm-hmm. the app wasn't working, I looked at the numbers and realized something else was working. And what if I shifted the model and pivoted into that? So that's like step one. I think if you do that two or three times and it's still not working, then sure, maybe you should like, you should try something new. But um, A, you need to give yourself enough time to kick the tires a bit and get real user feedback. And B, you've got to look at the metrics to see which parts of the business are working and how you potentially shift your your vantage point. Starting like, if and to kind of wrap this up, um, I feel like you're the queen of creativity. When I think of you, I'm like, and just think of Britain Co. in general, I feel like it just lights this like fire to creativity, which we need, you know, when running a business or we need just kind of to walk through life, I feel like just to be creative. When you're in those um, creative ruts, if you will, like I consider myself a creative person. And then sometimes like for a week on end, I have no idea why, but the cupboard's just empty. You know, how do you like rediscover yourself? You know, do you journal? Do you give yourself some time to breathe? Do you force yourself to do something creative? Like what are some ways that we can tap into our creativity? Yeah. Well, my 2021 New Year's resolution is actually all about this. I well, and also part of as part of self-made, we did we do vision boards, as you might remember, Jess. And I did oh, yeah. one for 2021. I was like, this is what my life will be in 2021. I'm making my vision cast now. And on it, I put, I would have half a day a week without meetings and like to, to like block off my time to fully throw myself into something creative, a creative project. Mm-hmm. And so it's on my calendar, 1 PM on Friday, no more meetings. I getting off my computer. I don't know what I'm going to like it's starting this week, actually, because I was in. Oh, nice. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to like paint. I'm going to knit. I'm going to make cupcakes. I'm going to do photography, take a photography walk like I'm going to write. And just to have three to four hours my, without my kids, without a screen, like fully embracing my creative self. I probably won't even share it on Instagram or anything like I just want this mm. for me. And so that's my tactic now. But I think if you can find pockets of those moments throughout your week or do, you know, something I did a couple of years ago called give it a week where you literally pick one thing you want to learn or try for seven days and you're only committing to it for seven days. It's not that crazy, less than an hour a day, whether it's guitar, whether it's singing, whether it's dancing, whether it's painting, doodling, like drawing. I did all of them. You can see them on my Instagram profile. I'm at Brit. I did one of these every week for 52 weeks. And it was incredible the amount of like creative flow I had from just doing something every day for seven days. Also, you can get really, you can get pretty good. You can get good at something. Was there anything that stuck that you were like, I'm going to keep going on this one? Oh my gosh. So many things. Um, let's see. I mean, I learned like lettering, which I, I still implore a lot. I've um, guitar is so funny. I was watching like a Taylor Swift documentary recently and I was like, Oh, I know what chord she's playing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've bought a ukulele like four times on Amazon and have like chickened out and yeah. not done it. I'm like, no, I got to do this. Yeah. And I did, you know, other things besides creativity. Like I did a zero waste week or learned about all the shit that we usually throw away that should actually mm. be recycled or composted. And I, I still stick to a lot of that. So yeah. Yeah. That's so many awesome. Well, we, we, um, it's funny that you said that, like, give it a week. Cause we, when talking about our mission statements and stuff in this challenge and, uh, the things that we want to like do or create, uh, I have this thing that says, you know, pretend to go all in. Like, yeah, that's exactly how we decided whether or not we were doing the airstream is like, we pretended yeah. for 
you know, one month that we were going to do this and just saw like what could happen from it. I so that. I think give it a week is awesome. Yes. Um, if you guys have questions for Britt, put them in the, put them in the chat. One technical question, um, is bootcamp open for signups now? We have a Facebook group. It's just called facebook.com slash groups slash try self-made is the group. That's how we're sort of keeping everyone posted on everything new, including discounts, including swag, including all the guest speakers that we're going to have this session. Um, I mean, there's women like Gwyneth Paltrow joining and like Casual. the founder of Minted, Miriam Nafisi, like just like incredible oh, women that are going to be part of this. And I hope to see you there. So oh, yeah. yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, and then one more question. You said the whole list of 52 things is on mm-hmm. your Insta at Brit. How did you get that handle? Oh, Were you like? Uh, I was like early OG Instagram. My yeah, my husband worked at Facebook. Then he started like a Facebook competitor called Path, which really was an Instagram competitor. Kevin, that system, the founder of Instagram, was my buddy my first day of Google. What? So I just have this weird tech community network oh here. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, and lastly, definitely check out uh, her podcast, Teach Me Something New. It is one of my favorites. And you've had some star-studded guests on there. Yeah, we've had Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis teaching you how to use acting for like your job, which is incredible. Rachel yeah. Ray, new cooking, Adam Grant talking about organizational psychology. So, so anyone that surprised you that you were like, oh, oh wow. this is a funny one, but it's also fascinating. We did an episode on intuition with the Long Island medium, Teresa Caputo. <laughs> but then my like deceased grandfather showed up while I'm asking her about intuition, like not even talking about dead people. What? And then it became this whole crazy thing. And okay. I can't yeah. wait to listen to that yeah, one. It's insane. <laughs> awesome. Britt, you are the best. Thank you for being here. And, uh, just really proud to be a small part of some of the work that you're putting out there and what you're wow. doing for, for women. It's been Thank really you. great. Well, yeah. thanks for having me. So nice to virtually meet all of you. At least I know. I hope yeah. we can stay in touch. All right. Thanks Britt. All right. Thanks for listening to Business on the Bright Side with Jess Ekstrom. I love to send out the episodes every Monday with a quick text and a quote from me. So text me the word podcast to 704-228-9495. That's 704-228-9495. And if you want to see what the show notes are from this episode, head to businessonthebrightside.com. Hit subscribe here, write a review, and I'll see you on Monday.